Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Greetings. Welcome to the conversation over the readings for the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. We have made it to Easter, and you can listen to all the readings for Easter on our readings podcast that was dropped yesterday. And today we're going to specifically look at the gospel, St. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. And it's a huge text, even though it's only eight verses. A lot is happening, and there's a lot to discuss. And to simply sum it up, we have the three women, Mary Magdalene, the Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, showing up to finish the burial practices. And they notice that the tomb's empty. A young man says, Jesus isn't here, and they leave. That is complete nutshell of what happens. So how is this event the crux of all of Christianity? Yeah, especially when you make it in a nutshell like that. Yeah. So, there again, a lot's happening. And one of the the most fascinating things that I'd like to begin with is the three women show up to do something. Yes. They show up to finish the burial practice. They brought spices that they might go and anoint him. These spices are to to clean him up, to make sure that he's ready for the, the fullness of burial. It's to help with the decomposing. It's also to help him not smell bad as he de- decomposes. And the first thing that I, I find just very interesting, they go fully expecting a dead body. They yes. expect to find Jesus there. They're shocked when he's not. And uh, before we started recording, you brought up several times the idea that they go, three women, yep. with all the stuff that they need. And this isn't light stuff. It's not like no. a little packet of seasoning or <laughs> um, spices. I think it's like 70 pounds worth of stuff. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Right. It's a whole process. Yes. We need to remember that the tomb has been sealed. Yes. And it's not like a couple of pebbles. It's not like a big rock. A boulder has been wedged in place. Well, and and this is not just like, oh, that's common practice. Everybody has yep. a boulder in front of their tomb. This is here for a specific reason. It's been put here in partnership between the local Roman government and the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish ruling council. And they have put that heavy stone there for the specific purpose of keeping Jesus there, keeping the yeah. dead body of Jesus in the tomb. That's the goal. They even put a few guards outside, which Mark doesn't mention, right. but a couple of the other Gospels do. Nobody can sneak in and steal Jesus and say, look, he's resurrected. You can't find him. There's a, a big deal. These women, as strong as they appear to be carrying all this stuff, they do not have the ability to roll this stone away. No, you, no, you don't. They don't. That's a good point, actually. So they, they go. 
and they just I, I, and I made the assumption that they're going and expecting to find soldiers, expecting to find the rock, and expecting to find Jesus. So my guess is they're going to ask the soldiers, "Hey, move this so we can finish." And being good soldiers, they're going to do what the nice hopefully ladies say. Hopefully they'll comply. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, everything's messed up. They show up, no soldiers. Yep. Stone's gone. Yep. Jesus is gone. Yep. Everything that they came to do is gone. They can't do what they went to do. And so I think that is just fascinating. And and now with this, I also want to say that just because they went to finish the burial process, just because they went expecting to find Jesus still dead, this doesn't denote disbelief. This doesn't mean that they thought all is lost, might as well finish the burial rites. I, I have no problem whatsoever saying that they hoped beyond hope that Jesus would be raised from the dead. Well, I'll, I'll put this in the context of an event that came not uh, too long before this, the resurrection of Lazarus. Mm-hmm. When Jesus shows up with Lazarus, Lazarus's sisters— say, you know, if you had been here, you know, he would not have died. And Jesus tells them, your brother will rise again. And they say, yes, yes, we understand. When the resurrection comes on the last day, he will rise again. Yeah, very dismissively, of course, yeah, this. Because if if you were a, a good, theologically trained Jew, you knew that there was a resurrection. There was a point where God would raise up the bodies of the dead. So... Maybe they're assuming that when Jesus talked about his resurrection, he was talking about that one. Just like uh, Mary and Martha assumed that Jesus was talking about that one when right. their brother died. Uh, so, yeah, like like Pastor Wright said, it doesn't mean that they didn't believe. It more just means they didn't quite understand. Well, and we, we get to throw all the disciples under that bus. Yes. Nobody got this. Nobody understood. And— I also think they're doing what they know they're supposed to do. Yes. And, and it's not that they're on autopilot. It's not that uh, they're, they're robots. They understand this is the process. This is what you're supposed to do. Somebody died. This is what we do. So this, is, this is how you care for, right. for someone who has died. This is how you care for their body. They are trying to be as, as respectful as possible. Right. So true act of mercy uh, and connection to their understanding, love, and relationship to Jesus. So, again, they can't do what they came to do, and something has to be done. So they enter into the tomb, and they find somebody. It's not Jesus. And I love what St. Mark says. A young man was there. And his first statement, do not be alarmed. And that's a very telling statement because— This exact statement or close variations of it is used frequently by a a certain group of individuals, I'll call them, uh, when they're talking to people. And so this young man then says, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He was, he was, he has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Now, this is a huge thing, and the this select few of uh, individuals that Vicar was talking about, uh, angels. Yes. Now, 
St. Mark doesn't say angel. I'm going to go, he's an angel. Oh, definitely. The the fact you that know. he literally said, do not be afraid, do not be alarmed. That is what angels say when they right. show up. And these women are alarmed. Yes. They really are. Uh, the Venerable Bede actually talks about, um, is this a young man or this is an angel? So there's there's some debate, but I like to just straightforward, it's an angel. Because what is the angel doing? He's actually delivering the good news of the resurrection. Well, he's he's somebody that knows what's up. Right. Because he says not only that Jesus isn't here, but that he is risen. And that's important information. Now, I'm going to kind of get off topic just a little bit. In my mind's eye, I, I see the women. They don't know what to do. They enter into this, and I see a really calm-looking young man, the <laughs> angel, just sitting there yeah. waiting for them. He's not excitable. He doesn't um, rush over and try to don't don't be alarmed, but almost flat pan. Uh, here, let me convey the information. Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Just matter of fact, straightforward, no drama, no exaggeration. And, and, and I like that in the sense that it's almost par for the course. Because <laughs> if you think about how does Jesus defeat death through weakness? So his resurrection is not brought forth by the angel trumpeting it and announcing it, but don't be alarmed. Just the calm yes. announcement of what has happened. Now, that's not the only thing the angel says. The angel doesn't just tell them what's happened. The angel also tells them what they're to go and do. Uh, the angel says, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, before we get into that, the disciples and Peter. If you're curious why Peter is singled out by the angel, feel free to watch our 12 Disciple Bible study where we talk That's about right. Peter. Yeah. And this is a huge event because as we, we know, uh, Peter denies Christ. And here already we have Jesus through the angel reaching out to restore Peter. That's important. And he's singled out and brought back and it's amazing. And again, the resurrection is for everybody. Yes. And everybody who has sinned, and it is obvious Peter has sinned in his renouncement denial of, of Jesus. Well, the angel also says they're going to, to see, see him. him. Yes. Uh, he's going before them into Galilee. And just like Jesus promised, the angel brings up the fact that Jesus has told them this, which he has. Remember, three times in Mark— Jesus has predicted his death and his resurrection. So he has told and promised this. And again, that's very important because it's not, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to raise. I'm going to be raised. I'm right. going to be raised. Because we're all going to die. Right. Uh, not all of us are going to rise after three days. That's a significant detail. So, with the change of this, something interesting is happening. Again, these women have gone to do something, and they cannot fulfill their duty. No. Their wants and desires, everything has been, their plans have been changed. And it, somebody outside of them has to tell them what's happening. And now, put yourself in this 
situation. If you went to a graveyard and you watch somebody be put into the grave and then you go back and they're not there, what's your immediate thought? I want to go find the undertaker and I want to file a complaint. Right. Because apparently they're moving my loved one without asking me. Exactly. And with all seriousness, dead people don't rise. Yeah. Dead people don't move. Well, and in one of the other gospels, uh, Mary runs into the gardener and says, where have you taken him? That's kind of what they assume. Okay, what what's happened here? Who's taken him away? Uh, where is he? Which is why this angel's message to them is so important, because the angel's message is what tells them what has happened. They are not quite able to piece it together on their own. And that's not their fault, because they have never experienced anything like this before. And that is the, the wondrous gift of the gospel. It has to be revealed. It's not something that we're going to stumble on. It's not something we're just going to figure out. These women are right there in the very tomb of Jesus. And Jesus is not there. And somebody still has to tell them why Jesus isn't there. Well, why is that good news? Because I kind of like to figure things out on my own. And why is it good news that this is something that has to be told instead of just figured out? Well, our old Adam, first of all, will rebel against it. Mm -hmm. And second, this is the special revelation of God at work giving and delivering this life-giving work that you cannot do, that you cannot complete, and that you cannot earn. What do you mean by special revelation? Special revelation simply means that we, on our own power, might, and reason, cannot come to believing, saving faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord. It is the very work of the Holy Spirit giving and delivering the knowledge, the faith, and the promise. And in this situation, we see that gift being given and delivered to these women. And with that, The good news about that is it's not left to you. It's not left to them because basically it would be like being given a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. And we might get a lot of that put together, but we on our own strength, power, and might will never be able to put it all together because we don't have all the pieces. So what you're saying is this is good news because if it was up to us to figure it out, then it would be dependent on us, and then it would be, well, maybe you'll get it, maybe you won't. But because it's given, it can then be received by everyone freely because instead of being given like all the jigsaw pieces and you put this together, you figure it out. Well, maybe I'm not very good at puzzles. Right. Uh, Instead, it's given fully completed to us as a gift. That message is the gift. That message is the gift that this an- that these angels give to the women, and it's also the gift that we receive whenever we hear the gospel, because we receive that whole picture of what Christ has done for us. Now, does this mean there are things that we still don't understand? Yes. We're still dealing Absolutely. with the mysteries of God. Uh, there are still a ton of things we don't understand, and there's still a lot of depth that we can dive into, but the core message that is for us, which is that he is not here. He is risen, is given to us, is something outside of us that we can trust in, that we can rely on, and that isn't dependent on our ability to figure things out or piece things together, 
but is given as a complete and total gift for us. Well, and, and going back to your, your statement, if we were left to ourselves, even with this information, I can show you how we'll respond. The women, uh, the last verse, and they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment has seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. What a way to end this reading. Right. And not only that, the immensity to the this last statement. Again, I cannot put myself in this situation. I can't imagine. Right. And as much as I would like to say, I would see the angel and I would tell the angel what's happening because I, I would believe. <laughs> the, the utter shock of he's not here, that doesn't compute. That doesn't work because now my next question is, where is he? Right. Not, oh, of course, he, it, he did what he said he was going to do. He rose from the dead. It's, where do I have to look next? But also with that, we see the trembling and astonishment and fleeing from the tomb and that they did not speak and they were afraid. If this is all dependent upon us, why didn't these women immediately rejoice? Why didn't the women immediately connect the dots? Why didn't the women then say, of course, this is what's going to happen. We need to go tell everybody because that, of course, would be the appropriate thing to do with the gospel. They don't because this is foreign to our human nature, our human understanding, the things that we can control. And I really appreciate that because God interrupts the things we can control. Yeah. And we see that immediately again with the women. They went to finish the burial. They couldn't. They were going to ask the soldiers to move the stone, and all of those are gone. Everything was interrupted. The things in their control were taken away from them. And they now have to have somebody tell them what to do, how to do it, and what's happening. And that's exactly what we have at church. And this isn't that we get marching orders. This isn't that we now become uh, passive recipients and we just do what the church says. No, this good news, this gift, this message all takes place outside of us so that we are dependent upon God, his work, his promises, his message, to then live this out. And then we get to actually turn around and look at this last statement, trembling astonishment. Are you astonished that Jesus rose from the dead? Now, dear listener, listen to that statement again. Are you astonished that Jesus died to your death, died to your sins, and rose again? for you. It's a mind-boggling statement. Yes. And it doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, let's not pretend it does. Because again, we don't have people who come back from the dead. Now, I'm going to make a conjecture, and I'm going to throw myself under the, this bus. We talk about that as Christians, as church-going Christians, as people who hear this often. Oh yeah, Jesus died, and he rose again. And then we move on with our life. And the astonishment has lost its luster. It's a thing that we talk about. It's a thing that we have. And we no longer have that true depth of, do you know what happened for you? And, and I, I love that because then the idea of the, the women running away, trembling and astonished, and then they said nothing for they were afraid. 
that fearfulness actually comes back to us too. Yeah. And I, I, this isn't Jesus rose from the dead. What are you going to do? It's not about that. This is not transactional. It is the idea that this changes who and what you are. What do you have to be afraid of? What do you have to be astonished? What do you have to tell people? And you have this great and wondrous revelation bestowed upon you. What do you do with this? How do you live it out? Where is your fear and trembling? And who do you fear and tremble? See, and I think that is kind of the question that this reading leaves us all with. And that's why in a weird way, I kind of like it. I kind of like that it leaves this unresolved because what ends up happening is it turns the question back on us. How do you react to this news? You now know just as much as these right. women do. How do. What do you feel? What do you do? What are you going to do with this information, with this special revelation that has now been given to you also through the words of this angel? You too have now heard he is not here. He is risen. What do we do with that? How are we changed by that? And that's a question that requires us to kind of look at what's happening within us. And it also requires us to look at what's Christ doing here? And this is the central question of of Easter for us today, is how has the rising of Christ radically changed everything? That's an awesome question. It really is. Because... Look at what we call ourselves, Christians. Yes. We follow Christ. Where do we follow him? We follow him to the cross. That's right. We follow him to the tomb. That's right. We follow him to the resurrection. Yes. We follow him to everlasting life in the new heaven and the new earth. And his resurrection becomes our resurrection. Paul talks about this in that because Christ was raised, we know that we too will rise. Not as disembodied souls, you know, just chilling out in heaven, but as full-bodied human beings, just as Christ rose and had a body, so will you too rise and have a body because what is Christ is ours, which is scary sometimes because like like you said, uh, that means also that his death is ours, but that his new life, his resurrection is ours too. So that changes our perspective on that. Well, and I, I like to throw in uh, the 23rd Psalm, mm-hmm. especially the, the famous, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That is what we have in Christ now. Uh, when we think of shadows, they can be scary. Uh, your imagination runs and there's a monster behind every corner, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, what can a shadow do to you? It has no depth. It has no physicality. It actually doesn't hurt. And that is what death has been reduced to. We walk through the shadow of death because the death we deserve has been taken away in Christ. And the life we don't deserve has been delivered and given in Christ. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Absolutely. It has been removed by Christ through his resurrection, through this action that 
validates his entire ministry, validates his death on the cross, and changes who and what we are, changes the way that we approach both this life and the eternal one that comes after. This is it. This is the thing. The resurrection of Jesus, the new life earned by Christ on the cross and given to us in our baptism is all found in that empty tomb. And it is good news, and it is good news for you. Let us celebrate and rejoice. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.